This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Ben Wilmer and you are listening to Every Step Along The Way podcast. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. I hope you're well and welcome to a, uh, I suppose, a, a bonus edition of the podcast. Uh, now, we've been listening to your feedback over the summer and you wanted us to maybe try and see if we could get involved outside of the normal weekly podcast that we always do anyway. So, as I said, we've been listening and we've decided to utilise uh, Twitter spaces. Uh, so this is basically, if you've not come across it before, is a phone-in type uh, kind of format where not only can me, Dan, and also Tom uh, get involved involved with any conversations uh, that you want to have about a particular new signing but also it allows you the fan to actually get involved and speak to us live uh, around that particular topic or that particular signing in this case so we'll be using this for any future signings going forward and obviously today at the time of recording Ender Stevens is now a Stoke City player he's signed a one year deal having finished uh, his time at Sheffield United so over the next 50 odd minutes or so uh, you'll be able to listen back to the conversation that we had between ourselves and also numerous of you that got involved so thank you everybody if you want to get involved in future ones then please feel free to as always follow us on twitter follow us on facebook you'll see the notifications on there and if you don't want to speak no problem tune in have a listen and if you haven't got time because you're too busy then we will always make sure that these hit your podcast channels as normal like any other podcast when they go live so thank you everybody take care and enjoy the rest of this pod Hi, everyone. Thanks for, for joining us. Very quick off the mark, some of you. Set the scene a little bit as to kind of, you know, why we decided to do this. Um, so for anyone who listens to the pod every single week, we what we basically did was uh, we put out a questionnaire and a lot of you kind of come back and give ideas in terms of what things you want to see and, and whatnot. And, and this was one of them. Um, so, uh, yeah. So firstly, thanks for, for joining us. Um, I guess the kind of good place to um, kind of, kick off uh, I guess more than anything so um, Dan let's, let's start with you mate uh, again it feels to me like this has taken forever to get a bloody signing over the line I'm going to be honest and I guess it, it kind of has I suppose um, 
what was your kind of feelings towards this one? I've seen general kind of mixed reviews, if I'm honest with you, um, online. I think we're, we're edging on, on you know, positive, I think. But what, what was your overall thoughts? Are you quite happy with this one? Are you are you on the fence? Um, I'm quite happy with him, yeah, to be honest. I think there's, you know, we, we, we're building a squad, aren't we? And we're very light on numbers. We're very light on experience as well. And I think that... If we, you know, this, this Ender Stevens, I mean, he's been promoted twice into the Sheffield United, so he knows how to get out of this league. Let's not forget the first time as well. He played 45 games. It was only about four, you know, it was only four or five years ago. It wasn't like, you know, 15 years or anything like the start of his career. He's he's had injuries the last 18, you know, 12, 18 months. I think he's admitted to that. And he's sort of, I've seen quotes from him where he said, that it was the first time in his career where he'd come with in, you know, he started picking up niggles and injuries and started missing games. And he didn't know how to react, so he's he's pushed himself back into games before he's been physically ready. And it, it sounds like, obviously, it sounds like he's learned from that. So, hopefully, um, yeah, we can keep him fit. For me, I've seen a bit of worry about Josh Tymon um, and whether... This signals the end for timing. I don't think it does at all. I think, you know, Stevens is 33 no. on Sunday. For me, timing is very good going forward. People question him defensively. Stevens is very good defensively. Can actually do stuff going forward as well. He's, you know, he's been playing wing back a lot of his career. So I think timing can probably learn quite a lot of Ender Stevens, in, even if it's just these 12 months. And, you know, Josh Timing. <clears throat> Josh Tymon was injured for quite a bulk of last season. And if that was to happen again this coming season, who is who's the backup at the minute? Who you know, who is the who's gonna come in and play twenty games while he's out injured at the minute? That was nobody. Yeah. So if that's Andy Stevens, then that's good enough for me. Well, I, th- I think we saw, didn't we? Like we, we saw it under Michael O'Neill and we've we've obviously seen it in under obviously Alex as well. So it whenever we've lost anyone in those kind of Fullback areas, we've really, really struggled. I mean, obviously, you know, we've got Tom Edwards, who's probably going to come back uh, this season. I'm interested to see how he does. But you're right, when time and when we're having to like shoehorn Fox into that position, and in fairness to Fox, he, he had a bloody good season actually in in Morgan Fox level standard. Let's put it that way. Um, so you know, it, you're spot on. We, we we do need backups. There's no doubt about that. Uh, without it, I mean, we we need some more centre backs for a start. But our ability to move players around. Really, there's no one else to take that spot. So, um, is he a good squad player for me? Absolutely. Um, will he be a number one starter? Will he will he get over time? And not so sure. I mean, again, it's competition, and it's a one year contract. We've not signed a 32 year old up on a four or five year deal. I think you know Tony Scholes ain't here anymore, so that's not happening. I, I mean, Tom, j- just from your perspective, mate, what what was your overall thoughts about him? Had you heard much about him pre today? Um, same thoughts, to be honest. Um... I know he's knocking on a bit now, but when Sheffield first got up to the Premier League, he was, I believe, a pretty big part of that team. Um, and from what I've seen on Twitter from the Sheffield United fans, their message is basically, if you can keep him fit, you've got a good player here on a free. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's the same. I think it, with the budget we've got, we've got to bring so many players I think you've got to get one, you know, you've got to get a couple of free players in, even just to tie us over the next year. Um, because you're not going to get 12 players under the age of 25 on permanent deals. It's just it's just not possible. And do you see this guy as a, as a starter, do you think? Or, I mean, 
what, what what actual formation actually do you think we're going to play with him? Do you think we're going to go to a flat back four, or are we uh, we're going on the, the dreaded wing back situation again? Um, being t- being linked to this right back from uh, Colchester is making me think five might be the way he's going um, because I believe he is more of an attacking right back rather than a a defensive right back. Uh, could be wrong, but yeah, I think. <laughs> The way the way he spoke in his um, original interview when he signed that Stoke put on, um, he's made it clear that he's not just coming here to fill a spot. He's here to challenge. He wants to be part of this project, which he did say is also very exciting. So, I think he's going to challenge for it. I don't think he's number one at the minute, just because time has got age on his side. But I think he's he seems like the kind of player who's he's going to fight. He's going to make time and sweat for this position. And Dan, I mean, are, are you are you sticking for him with a, with a back four? Because uh, again, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Alex Neal, I was trying to think back to when we first looked at him when he first walked through the door. I mean, I swear he preferred a back four, didn't he? Over a, a back five, if I remember rightly. It's obviously a very high pressure. But... He said he did, didn't he? When he first came in, he said that, uh, you know, he wanted to play sort of a 4-3-3 kind of formation. Uh, he didn't, he said that although you can be attacking in a back five, if you get the right wing backs, it can also be a very um, controlling formation that doesn't allow you to, to play certain ways. And you can fully understand that. Um, for me, I think I think it probably is leading towards him going with a five. But he's maybe if we get this new this this lad who we've been linked with um, as well at right wing back, and then. Obviously, you've got Tom Edwards. They were both, you know, two players who were not averse to playing at wing back, and probably their strengths would be playing at wing back. And then on the left, obviously, if we've got Stevens and Tymon, he's got cover there, anti on both sides. He's got natural players to play them positions. And also, if one's out, it doesn't throw the whole thing out of sync, which has been the issue anti last season. Is we had players. And so as soon as timing got injured, or you know, or um, or Hoover or Steele, you, know, you know, the whole thing just fell apart. So, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys can all hear us. We anyone who wants to, you know, get involved and, and have their say, by all means, uh, let us know. You know, in this. But yeah, do you want me to throw some some Ender Stevens stats at you? You know, I love them. <laughs> well. I was going to say you are Mister Stato, and uh, yeah. So go on, go for it. I'm sure you haven't had much time, but go on. So, man's 33 years old on Sunday. Uh, Report of Irish left back. He's just had six years at Sheffield United, where he was promoted twice, uh, playing 45 times in the 2018-19 season, and just but just 12 times last season due to injury. Uh, he's made 75 Premier League appearances, including being an ever-present for Sheffield United in 2019-20 when they finished ninth in the Premier League, uh, and he's also made 137 career appearances in the Championship. Uh, he also got top assists for Sheffield United on their way to promotion in, in 1819. Um, and despite only making 12 appearances last season, got two assists as well from left back. So not a bad not a bad return there. You know, he can obviously put a cross in or pick a pass. Uh, didn't make his Republic of Ireland debut until he was 28, but has since played 25 times for them. And interestingly, before moving to Aston Villa in 2012, he was signed by and played under... Michael O'Neill at Shamrock Rovers. Oh, really? Okay. So, uh, yeah, he, he was, uh, Michael O'Neill sort of got his career kick-started, played a bit of Europa League football with them, and uh, that's where Villa spotted him and came in for him. 
I wonder how long it is before we hear the old uh, Michael O'Neill was the one who scouted this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he hasn't played since January, though, with a hamstring injury. Uh, like I said before, though, that's uh, he feels these are his first real injuries in his career, last 12, 18 months. Uh, puts it down to naivety and saying he was ready to play when he wasn't. So, yeah. Um, throw it out to people. Does anyone want to give us their thoughts? Do they, you know, is he a good signing or not? Let's let's get the ball rolling. I mean, it's been, I know some names on here. Obviously, I know pretty much all the names on here, actually. I think, uh, Max, you've been quite positive, if I remember rightly. Um, I think a number of you have. Uh, Neutral Stokey, if I remember rightly, and please forgive me for this, mate, if, if it's not the case. Um, I think maybe you were less positive. I apologize. Massively, if that's not the case, um, but I, I seem to remember it's it's as it's been it's been largely positive. Rory, I've never seen you make a negative comment about any player. I think we could stand that you know, buddy Peter Crouch at this point in his mid forties, and it, it'd still be a good one. Um, I mean, uh, we've just had a, a couple of uh, yeah, a couple of thumbs up as well. So I think overall everyone's relatively happy with it. Um, I mean, one thing I wanted to ask, and I say, we'll, we'll, we can come circle back to this if anyone wants to make any comments. I'll say, Lee, yeah, you've got a thumbs up as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you don't want to speak, because I know everyone can be a little bit nervous about these things. Uh, if you don't want to speak, you, you're very welcome just to give some emojis and stuff if you want to do it that way. But one thing I wanted to, I, I, must, I must admit, Dan, I was really surprised that this was the first signing we made. Now, we did kind of make a couple of comments on Twitter and also Facebook around some bits that we heard. Now, we were not one to come out and start dropping names and stuff like that because, firstly, it's bloody Stoke City, right? Like, we, you cannot rely on this club to announce anyone. I made the joke earlier on that if Stoke signed, you know, this this chat from Turkey, we'll hear about it in 2025. Like, we're not great. Um, but I was more surprised, and this probably alludes to maybe some more transfer rumours in general, but we know that there was a medical that happened on... Saturday. Um, now, why that hasn't happened in terms of the deal coming through, I can only imagine it might have an impact on other deals. Um, so when we talk about a bit of an, an uplift in, in players, I mean, we're not going to give the name because I don't want to be also people, you know, it's like very matter of fact, or, you know, we didn't get this one over the line. He must have been talking crap, which obviously, which is actually a load of rubbish. But still, um, the amount of rumours that have come out recently, is there any particular players that, you know, Tom or Dan, you know, either of you are, are relatively excited about? I mean, this one would probably go down as a, a shrugging of the shoulders for a lot of people this signing. So, any other names that you're particularly excited about, would you say? I would say the lad from Colchester, definitely exciting. I think that's where we should be looking, young players from the lower leagues. Um, the Turkish lad, obviously, you know, we, when you're linked to someone that you've never heard of from overseas, it's always exciting. And we haven't had one in that long. I feel like it makes it even more exciting this time. Um yeah, I agree with that one, though. It's, people moan about six and a half million, and I was like, they do realise that it's an option. Yeah. It's not a compulsion to buy. That is the big, big difference here. You know, again, like I said, if he comes if he comes and does really, really well, and we pay six and a half million, then he's obviously potentially been worth it. If he comes and he's crap and he hasn't settled in and or whatever, well, we just don't sign him. It's as simple as that. Like, I... I I, I just think there's, there seems to be sometimes a, a jerk reaction to just have something to moan about. Um I mean, Dan, you've got a um, a mate as well, actually, who's I think a Galatasaray fan. Is that right? <laughs> if I remember rightly, I said, yeah, which is the most random friend to have. I will point out, 
Uh, well, it's funny because obviously, I mean, we mentioned the, the obviously the uh, the lad, I mean, Bayram from Galatasaray. He's actually scored and assisted a goal tonight from centre off in the the three one up the Has three he? one up against Hull. Uh, I think the goals doing the rounds on sort of social media on Twitter and stuff, and it's actually a pretty decent header. Uh, but I, it was funny because I was I was actually looking at his because um, I thought I, you know obviously I know nothing about this guy. I've, I'll be honest, I've never seen him play, and I thought I fell into the. Um, you know, this sort of the rabbit hole of, of going to on YouTube. I thought there'll be something on YouTube about him. I'm sure, and, I, and I'm fully aware that you go on there and every player looks like Ronaldinho, don't they? For for two minutes, and it was the most underwhelming video anyone's ever put together. <laughs> I was like, really? You can pass a ball ten yards? Is, is this what you're showing me? <laughs> it was like. All he did for like two and a half minutes was just pass the ball sideways. I'm like, whoever's like, you know, put that video together. It's like, fair enough. But you, you've not exactly sold him to me massively. I mean, the guy didn't make any mistakes. It was just like, you know, you go on there and it was, I think it was called like insane defensive skills. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's obviously, I mean, he's only played seven times for Galatasaray right? anyway. And he's, he spent the season out on loan last year and that's so. Um, 20, six foot four. He's obviously got summit about him, and it appears that Stoke may maybe now are recruiting to fit what they actually want. So, you know, Jared's come in. He's uh, he's obviously a stats man, and he's we here, and you know, he Alex Neal's going. I want to defend his central half who can do this, this, and this. Has got to be good at this and this, and if he fits the bill, get yeah. him in. No, fair enough. And Neutral Stokey, I thank you very much for correcting me, like I said, mate. We've had about 40-odd comments today, so apologies. Your name always sticks in my mind for some reason. So he says, Mike, you're incorrect, I'm afraid. I'm reasonably reasonably happy with Edna Stevens. Oh, by the way, I'm going to keep calling Edna because I don't, that just seems to override my brain. So it's Edna Stevens now. Um, and, yeah, Jordan Jones says, looks like uh, Bayram is playing uh, the game of his life against Hull. So that's another couple of million on top of the fee. That's going to be renegotiated tonight. Um, so... So, any other players you want to kind of call out? I mean, any other particular stats uh, or anything like that, Tom, that you wanted to? I'm sorry, mate, I kind of cut you off, uh, I think, partway through what you were trying to say um, at the time about any other players. You mentioned the guy from from Colchester. Um, I'm going to be honest, I actually hadn't heard much about this guy. Um, Have you kind of heard much about him other than people have been raving about him at Colchester? Yeah, same here. Um, Nothing at all. And then I've seen... I've seen a few Colchester fans. Um, I think somebody in the chat as well said they've got a friend who's a Colchester fan, um, all raving about him. Um, I've seen he's got a few goals and assists in him. Um, he's could work on his defensive side a bit, which is why he's better as a wing-back rather than a full-back. Um, but obviously, he's, he's 19, so that can always be drilled into him. Um, I'd say, mm-hmm. yeah, I think... Them two are the main ones that are exciting at the minute. Um, I think some of the other players we've been linked with would be good signings, but yeah, them two, the most exciting. Brilliant. And so we're having a load of various comments coming through, so I'm trying to keep up as best I can. So uh, Archie says, do you think uh, Emin will fall through because he's playing now? Um, I wouldn't read too much into that, if I'm honest with you. (laughs) 
it's one of them until he's signed and, and, and sealed and gone through medicals. I mean, he's, he's going to carry on playing, I guess. Um, and to be fair, I just, I wish he wouldn't have done because <laughs> it doesn't do us any favors, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't really read too much into that. And Rory keeps saying Edna as well. Uh, I've, I've genuinely, I've been saying it all day and I don't know why. Um, and uh, yeah, so Pidgeman says, I'm happy with Stevens as a squad option, but definitely someone you want around. I think that's just it. It really is a wait and see game, isn't it? We don't know how good this guy's going to be. Um, you can say he's got some pedigree. He's got, you know, Sheffield United behind him, Villa, etc. So, you know, he's, we, we've, we've got options. Let's just put it that way. Um, and as Lee says, uh, are we hopeful of Pearson joining? Now, I thought Pearson would have been one of the first players that would have got over the line. Now, um, we know Luton were after him. And, well, our understanding is that he wants to move back up north. So, obviously, that wouldn't necessarily be an attractive option. So, and also, I, I genuinely, I've said this on the pod a few weeks ago, I genuinely don't think that um, Luton are even that far ahead of us. They had a good few seasons, obviously, you know, really attractive football, scoring goals. But I think they're going to come back down quite quickly. And I know it's easy to say that, you no, know, but I don't see them as an, an overall attractive club, uh, personally. So uh, I expect them to come back down. I don't think they're a million miles away from us. I don't, I don't know. Dan, we we, we we obviously spoke about this quite a little bit. Um, do you think Pearson is likely to take a stoke over a Luton? And we might have a red and white tinted glasses on here, right? But do you think he's likely to, to choose them over a stoke? Uh, I don't know. I I do think that could be the hold-up in the deal, right? And it might be one of them where it's a realisation to us that we're not the big fish that we that we have been for a long time in this league. And, you know, for for, for Ben Pearson, yeah, you know, as far as, as far as what we've been told, the information we've been given, that he does want to move back up here, you know, his family and everything, he wants to get back up north. However, Bournemouth have just had a new manager and Luton are now in the Premier League. And so Stoke might offer him something. And obviously, you know what we are doing? We are we are trying to spread this budget, aren't we? We are haggling. We are, we've got a lot of players to get in. And then where if we can save, you know, a bit of money here, it gives us a bit of money elsewhere to spend somewhere else. We might be offering him something and he might go, you know what? That's great and I'm fine with that, but I'll let you know in two or three weeks. Because in those two or three weeks he might get some interest from Luton and he might think, you know what? Yeah, I want to move north. Luton's a bit further north, but I can you know, I can get a season in the Premier League and you know what, if I perform well even if Luton go back down, if I perform really well that might get me another season in the Premier League with somebody else and then you know, his, his career, obviously he, he, that's where he wants to play, don't he? And you can understand that or the manager at Bournemouth might turn around in a couple, after a couple of weeks training and say you know what, I really like you, you can stick around son. and so for me, I wouldn't be yeah. if I, I can fully understand his mindset if it is I'm going to wait this out for a couple of weeks because I know full well I could sign for Stoke on the Friday before they play Rotherham and still be started in that side. Yeah, and you can't blame the guy if he wants to stay in the Premier League, can you? Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, if you've got an option to do that, as much as we would love him to sign for Stoke, you know, he's not a Stokey born and bred, look, you know, lives and dies on Stoke. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I still think we 
should have probably had more people over the line. Whether we're being gazumped or not, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, Neutral Stoke, I've just seen your comment. Um, it says, if Mike ever goes to Luton and it's the uh, the chef of uh, the Simpsons pitch fork on fire. Uh, so, if anyone's watched Simpsons or wants to check the feed, you can see that. But um, you're right. Dan said that to me last week and uh, he's like, shall we cut it out of the pod because I really laid into Luton. And I genuinely can't remember if I actually... Um, Kept that in or not, if I'm honest with you. Well, uh, but you yeah, did. we're getting because <laughs> everybody did, 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 did I keep it in? I was going, I did, I couldn't remember if I kept it in or not. I, like, I didn't really like to take anything out, I like to remain quite natural. But, um, yeah, we had a load more uh comments in. So, Callum said, I think the lad from Colchester will be class. Uh, Callum says also, I disagree with rubbish compared to Luton. Um, I think it's a bit harsh, but that's fair enough. Uh, Callum, you, you're busy again, so I'll be splashing the cash on Pearson. The difference he made last season was ridiculous. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, he really was the difference. And, I mean, let's face it, the, the option is what? Jordan Thompson? Um, which, when he's had a bit of a run in the team, he's not looked too bad, but he isn't capable of coming in and just dropping out every, every five minutes. Um, Max, oh, apologies, Max. Yeah, you're good to go, mate. Sorry about that. <laughs> good old internet. Evening, fellas. Evening, mate. How are you doing? Sound you what? Yeah, good, mate. All good. Uh, I'm. I'm. What do you think? Pleased with uh, Stephen signing. If I'm going to be honest with you, um, good squad option. Obviously, experience as well can teach the younger lads. Um, Timer might benefit from it as well. You know, defensively, etc. Um, but I am really excited about the lad from Colchester. He, he seems a cracking player. Um, that what's the uh, lad from? Turkey called is it yes but Bayram or Bayram I'm yeah. not sure you exactly pronounce what, it what I'm a, awful with pronunciations but yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I've heard about him he seems alright as well um, but what is strange I've noticed was it, was it last week or two weeks ago the links to like Pearson Bidace and you know, Sanderson Sarkic they've all like died down massively so there's some obviously you know Sarkic has gone back in at Wolves and all that like pre-season but they've signed that reserve keeper from whoever it was so is that potentially from yeah. the door do you reckon or um, well I think I definitely think Sarkic being away probably has an impact on that now it obviously doesn't mean that deals can't be done you know over the phone with agents because he'll be sunning himself won't he and, and all that while his agent's dealing with things um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Sarkic does is high up on the list I said the same thing last week though on the pod around um, what's his face Iverson from from Leicester uh, I don't think I've seen any official signing for anybody else since, but obviously I, um, Iverson was, uh, from what I remember, our number one target. Uh, you know, we spoke to his obviously his agent and stuff was on the uh, the pod as well previously, um, and you know it was it was clear that there was interest there. So for me, it's nonsensical if if, if he was a target before Sarkic was, then why wouldn't he be a target now? Um, unless financials obviously get in the way. So I, I also think maybe it could be as simple as, well, we're trying to see if we can get Iverson done. And if we can't, then we'll get Sarkic done. We've got to have more than one option. I think, I mean, we, we've already said before, mate, I think we need a, a proper number one. I think we need a better number two. Bonham is not up to scratch for me. Um, but if we've got limited funds, we can probably only afford one goalkeeper. So in short, Max, yeah, I think, it might be a bit of both seeing what we can get and then Sarkic also may just be away. Yeah, that, that's fair enough then. But um, Iverson, he's a class keeper as well. He showed it for Leicester, I think, as well. Uh, just whether they'll want yeah. to keep him because obviously they've come down. And I think he's, what, top of the championship, maybe mid-Premier League level sort of range. And 
he's, he's a good keeper. He's got good shot stopping. But with like shot stopping, I think he's excellent. It's more his, you know, passing and stuff like that. I think that that's what lets him down massively. Like there's some games yeah. that I've been to like last season where he's kept us in him massively with some big big saves. And got it. I'm I've hated on him massively, but you know, <laughs> he's when when I've when he when he saved them, I'm like, I've I've got to give the lad some credit. Do you know what I mean? But also, what yeah. I do want to add on is about if we got Hoover back on loan. Obviously, you know, it's doubt it's it's looking doubtful we're going to get him permanently. But on loan, I, I wouldn't mind that again. Same with Sarkic, really, because I've seen that actually. So I'm saying it might be new. Like, I can't remember. It might be in Bear Pit or something. Saying um, about. Uh, a loan slash um, permanent deal becoming available or something but I'd love them to back on loan or even permanent personally yeah I think Hoover's a no-go for Perm because of the money that he's going to want I think they paid what well, try to remember now Dan you, you'll have a better memory I think it was was it 9 million quid I think was paid That's for paid for him yeah, so they've got FFP, and obviously that's going to be spread out the duration of the contract. So unless we pay big bucks to offset oh, that, they're not going to want to take a loss on oh, it. But on loan, yeah, on loan maybe that's a that's a potential. Um, again, I, I'm easy. I mean, whether it's Sarkic or or Avison, I, I think either way will will be okay. Um, I think with Bonham, the problem for me is we were very clear when the goalkeepers dropped out, there was a complete lack of confidence in the defence. It had a knock-on effect. It wasn't just he was a little bit shaky at times. It had a knock-on effect to everyone around him. And when you're switching your defence a lot and you're switching your goalkeepers a lot, it's it's no surprise we're conceding goals. Um, so, yeah, uh, just to catch up on a few comments, and if anyone else wants to speak up, then uh, feel free to, to request it. Um, but a couple of comments come through. So John Dowd says, I think Tom Edwards, chan- uh, thinking of Tom Edwards' chances this season, um, then, yeah, I think we've, I think we may have mentioned that earlier on, but yeah, for me, Tom Edwards, he's got to be given a chance. I really like Edwards. I don't think he's, well, he wasn't great defensively before. The amount of times that guy got beaten in the back post is ridiculous. But for all kinds of purposes, I think he had a better uh, time when he's been away. Um, multiple comments coming in. Sorry, one sec. Uh, so Jordan Jones, so rumours of Sarkic to Millwall. Uh, would you want Sarkic or someone else? Uh, but again, I think we kind of answered that one actually, Jordan. Um, Will there be any of these about the women's team, Rory? Um, we're not too sure. We want to try and keep it to transfers, if I'm honest with you so far. So any time that Stoke potentially make a transfer, we'll be doing these um, pretty much the same evening, to be honest with you, just to give you a chance to get some things off your chest and all that. Uh, but we're not, we're not ruling it out, mate. We're, let's let's start basic and we'll, we'll go we'll go from there. Uh, believe it or not, we, me and Dan said this a lot. This podcast takes up hours and hours of our time each week. So um, we do need some time with we're the family, to be honest. <laughs> we, yeah, we do, we do love it. We do love it. But it's uh, work, family, and then hours and hours on the podcast um, and by the way uh, Tom who's uh, one of the, the speakers he's uh, as you've probably heard on the pod he is the guy doing our graphics so Tom you did a brilliant job mate keep it going um, you, Callum says uh, needs well, I was going to say Rory, sorry go on Dan Rory want to speak you've asked to speak Rory have you got anything just to want to oh I've not seen that so thank you maybe not <laughs> maybe not maybe she changed her mind okay that's fine um Yes, we've had like 22 comments, guys, so you have to appreciate that. Unfortunately, they also do not appear in order either, uh, so you have to, have to bear with us. But um, 
Let's have a quick look if any others wanted just to finish up on. Uh, so Callum says, needs to be looking at creative players. One of few people in who can take on a player uh, that we didn't have last season. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no no bones about it. I mean, obviously, Nick Powell, despite the fact that the guy was never fit, um, you know, again, it's still a an attractive attacking op- option for us anyway. So, oh no, Bulldog, so, yeah, sorry, mate, go for it. Evening. You okay? Am, thank you. Good, good. What, what do you think? Um, oh, it's a start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a start, start somewhere, right? It's forgetting. Yeah, well, actually, for very quickly, I mean, feel free to, to carry on, but um, what do you think about Paul Gallagher potentially returning? Um, well, he will return. It's whether we're going to pay the money, I guess. It could be good, I suppose. I mean, he's been here before, so why not? I suppose Alex he's Neal quite well very well done, because obviously Alex Neal had a bit pressed him for quite a few years. He was sort of integral to that side once you and Neil was there. Mm, he was. Um, so w- where do you think Edna's going to play then? Uh, are you thinking left back, left wing back? What, what, which uh, which kind of formation do you think um, is going to go down? I think he'll do a, maybe a 4-3-3, three, three, maybe. Um, then maybe he could just push him up as a wing back maybe to make it a bit more attacking maybe but I'm not Alex Neal so I don't really know <laughs> Oh you're not really you're showing in disguise No No okay that's fair enough um, Any other players you're particularly looking forward to seeing at all or um, I'd like to see uh, a person back because he was actually most he was actually quite solid in the midfield but when yeah. he was uh Either sent off or injured, it did look a bit of a a weak side. Yeah, it, it really. It say again, we we were we were weak in defence, and then you add in a you know a Pearson take him out of the team, and all of a sudden you're even weaker, aren't you? And like I say, we we, we weren't great. Um, we didn't have. We've got a lack of holding midfielders now, a lack of central defenders. Um, so yeah, and, and one person's actually just mentioned as well uh, about weird how Baker hasn't been in any training pictures or kit reveals. Uh, I'm going to talk about that on tonight's pod recording, actually. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave that one for the time being. But uh, yeah, what, what, what did you think about the fact that Baker hasn't been showing up? He's normally uh, the poster boy. I know, obviously, it seems to be Josh Loren now, but uh, what, what do you reckon to the uh, the fact that Baker hasn't appeared anywhere? Maybe that's a sign. Maybe um, he doesn't um, like him, maybe. I don't really know, but it's a, it's... It's a bit uh, annoying considering he was our he's been one of our better players when it was O'Neill. Yeah, uh, he, he kind of went off the boil, didn't he? He picked up the kind of captain's armband a little bit, and um, he seemed to be a little bit shaky from there on in. I don't think he ever really played in his his absolute key position. He was moved into a defensive midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder. Um, and then also we try to play in that small bone position where, again, he didn't get a run there. So I think he was a bit unfortunate as well. But um, yeah, I agree. Uh, it must be interesting to see kind of where where we go with him. Um, and just kind of uh, thanks for, for speaking, mate. Appreciate it. Um, Dave, you've requested to, to have a chat as well, mate. So um, is it to talk about Edna? Or... Oh, sorry, go on. Um... I would think of the um, um, away top and also the training top because uh, um, it's been hit and miss over the last few years. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll keep it very brief. So, uh, away top, I actually thought it looked 
good in terms of the marketing. I was on the fence with it, but I thought the the marketing they did was good. It looked nice on there. I've seen it in person now. And if I'm honest, I'm less impressed in person. Um, I'm a big fan of the training kit. We seem to do really good training kits. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm personally going to probably buy the training kit before I buy the the away top. Red and white home top is red and white. There's only so many ways you can change that. We all know that. Um, so I'm not going to get that one. So I'm probably going to stick to the training kit. Fair play. Lovely. Cheers, mate. Um, Dave, did you want to say something? Sorry. Hello, mate. Um I- I, I just wanted. I just wanted to speak on the uh, on on the end of Stevens thing because at, at the uh, at the at the moment it seems like people are a little bit on the fence with him, um, mm. and I, th- I think we need to take a step back and realise what he's done in the championship in the in the time that he's been there. I mean, he's he's won three promotions from from different tiers within the within the football league, and you know, given given what he's done with Sheffield United going up twice with them on on a one year deal i think it's 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 not a marquee signing but i think for for the wealth of knowledge that he's got for the league and and what he can do defensively as well as going forward i think you know he's he's a he's a good signing um if it had been on a sort of two two or three year deal people People that have been writing, sort of ruffling their brows, but on a one-year deal, I think it's not really a, a, a big risk. You know, he's he's going to come in, mm-hmm. and by, by the comments that he's made, saying that you know he's going to lead by example, you know, it's 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 about time somebody on the pitch really started to 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 take a bit of accountability, and I think he's going to be that man, and you know, with with Laurent as captain going into the season, I reckon. I reckon he's probably going to be the the captain's captain, and should Laurent miss out, I, I can't see any reason why he's not going to be the man going out on the pitch on a Saturday or or midweek leading the team out. I was going to say you need leaders, don't you? I mean, it, we we, yeah, we we talk about I mean, obviously Jagielka. Let's not let's not underestimate how important Jagielka was around the club. So that's that's another experience head that you've got going. Um, I think you're right from what you're trying to say. Basically, people have been a little bit harsh, and I'm very much on the on the the premise that you know, yes, we want to see you know a bit of background to these players. We want to see some stats. It's all nice and great, but until they're in a Stoke City eleven with an Alex Neal who's pointing them out in his formation, it's very, very harsh to rule people out from the very beginning. And what's the point in begging for players? They go and sign players, then we start slagging the club off because they've signed the wrong players in inverted commas. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. And I think a lot of the frustration's been taken out on on the Almost like the delay of of announcing someone, you know. There's been there's been clubs around us that have that have been announcing people from from the minute that the transfer window's officially been open, and I, I think I, I think it's just frustration ultimately that's that's led to people sort of slagging slagging the staff off for bringing someone like him in. Um, I think the reception would have been a lot better if it was if it was a Byron that had been announced, um, but. You, you know, I, th- I think a lot of I think a lot of switched on Stoke fans are going to look at, at at Stevens as a signing, and they're they're going to take the positives from it. You know, we've we've still got we've still got time to make signings, and like, like I said, I, I put something out on Twitter earlier saying that the the fact that there's a lot more rumours coming through now, and there's a bit more sort of concrete uh, understanding of the players that we're looking at signing. 
I mean, if if Stevens is the baseline as as a well seasoned player, and you, you know the, the the sky's the limit now in terms of making sure that when when we play against Rotherham, the the first game of the season, we've got a side where Neil can play the tactics that he wants to play, and he's got a side that he can he can solidly look at, like when he was at Sunderland and think this team can have a real good go. At doing something this season because, and the the, fa- the fans have got the, the they've got license to to be sort of cautious going into another season after how poor it's been since we've been relegated, but mm-hmm. you, you can you can tell that Neil has got he's got something in the works and if if we lose the first couple of games it's not the end of the world it's a forty six game season and. You know, he worked his magic at Sunderland. He hasn't been able to do it at Stoke so far, but we've got to bear in mind we've either not had the the squad capable of challenging for something, or you know what our injury record's been like over the last five or six years. So <laughs> yeah. you know, the I, I think going forward, the one thing that I want to see when we play Rotherham first game of the season is that we turn we turn the the Brit back into a bit of a cauldron of noise. We get behind the team because ultimately the the booing and the jeering has not done... It's it's not done our home record any good, you know. I ju- I ju- doesn't make us attractive, no, it does doesn't, it? No, it doesn't. You know, the, the reason that we were so successful in the Premier League for the years that we were at home was because we made it an awful place for away teams to come to and and now people look at look at our fixture away from home and they think they're not very good there and the fans get on their back and they they never perform i think the 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 baseline that we need to set as a club going forward is bringing that bit of togetherness back at home and and really making it a horrible place for for away teams to come to and I, th- I think the what the 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 big one at the start of the season, obviously Rotherham. You, you know you're going to get people in on the gate, and you know that there's going to be a bit of noise first game of the season. But I'm just looking forward to playing the baggies at home, and hopefully having an, a, a cauldron of noise and giving them a spanking to start the season off. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, it, it would be nice. And especially if this guy's coming from Galatasaray, used to a decent atmosphere and walks into the uh, to the Bet365 and faces a, well, a lukewarm reception, shall we say. He's going to think, what the hell am yeah, I doing here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think you, what we're saying as well, I think the good thing about Edna is that 
really what that kind of allows us to do is, you know, if we're, if we're thinking about left back and right back and all that business, do we really want to be spending a good chunk of our money in those positions? Surely we want to focus on those attacking areas of the pitch. If we can get a couple of solid, reliable backup options, cheap backup options in those places, we can focus on more money. And I said last week, like, let's spend the money on a really good goalkeeper and some attacking flair, you know, a, a strike or two, an attacking midfielder has put the money where it needs to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it, it, we've, we've really got to pick and choose our moments. So, no, um, they, that, thanks very much for, for contributing, mate. I really appreciate no, it. Liam, I'm sorry. No, no, anytime, mate, anytime. Um, and, and Liam, apologies, mate. I've kept you waiting. Uh, I just want to try and give everyone a bit of a fair shout. Hi, you are. Evening, mate. Yeah, You're good. about you. Yeah, smashing, thank yeah, you. Yeah, um, I just want to say... Uh, I think that end of Stevens signing would be a good sign. Not just for the feet, like just for him. I think for Josh Simon, it'll give him some proper good learnings from how to be a good, better fullback defensively. Better competition drives him to perform well, which again, it's never good just having one option. No, it? and he's all Josh Simon's always been judged on his defensive because we all know he's got his attacking wise. So, yeah, you're right. Could you see Josh Simon as a left winger then, maybe? Do you think we could push him further forward? I said last season we, it's worth trying him as a winger because he's got the cross on him and he can beat a man. So maybe with Stevens behind him, there's a better cover that could work. Uh, it's what? definitely another option. Uh, yeah, and when everyone was going on about the announcements, I was sort of glad that we were taking the time this this summer a, a bit because we've rushed it in the past. Rarely works out well. Thank that. you, Liam. I'm with you. Well, I think about that first season we were on. We rushed to get players in, spent big money without really negotiating. Cause we were... And then everybody moans, don't they? Because, well, why have you signed in on a four-year deal? Well, you know, we, we haven't really done much, you know, spent much time scouting these people. We've just rushed in and, and signed yeah, like, So you, it's one of them. You can't win then, can well, we? Like the first season, I didn't spend in $12 million on Benny Kofobi and Tom Entz. Like, could we have not? Yeah, I still can't believe Tom Entz is still in a living. Could, could, could we have not got them on a better deal at the time? But we rushed in, and I think this time we are actually taking the time and trying to get the best deal that we possibly can. Yeah, this is if Rowett and Co were a bit like kids in a sweet shop, weren't they? Yeah, just they, they knew they had the money. It was we have to spend it now. Do you think the problem was that they, they believed that by buying all these players, they were guaranteed promotion? So the financial fair play problem that we ended up with, they never considered it because they they never, it never came across the minds that we might not actually go up. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 with that, I don't think there was a system behind it. It was just, well, it was just buy all the I best think... players and hopefully they fit together where now I think well, we're trying to build a system I think you're right because I remember what, I can't remember now it was Tony Scholes or somebody mentioned about we should be our strategy really was to try and focus on um, scouting somebody several times before we'd sign them and then I think the reporting was well we signed them Buller off pretty much like one scouting trip and we kind of almost abandoned what had probably worked for us well previously so I think the fact that Ricky Martin's come in and they probably have a bit more of a, a structure to it hopefully in theory that might help time will only tell they're all they're all up for judgment right now uh, we've had a really bad five years of transfer deals so um, the jury's out for me uh, I think we've in theory got the right people in but again 
proofs in the pudding. And I also hope that Stoke fans don't expect this all to be done and cleared in this window. I said before on the pod that if we don't, if we get 75% of what we need in the summer, we've done a bloody good job. Yeah, We need to stay in that playoff hopeful reckoning. And let's face it, this, this league is going to be competitive this year. So if we can stay in that kind of January window, not too far away, then hopefully, you know, we can spend a little bit more money in January and get us over the line. In theory, it sounds great, but it, it's a long season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've always said if we can get in that top 10 where we're just in and around at least in the last couple of games of the season, that's a success for me. I said yeah. the same last season, going into the last season because people seem to forget that we've been in this position for five years. We're not a newly relegated side. And yeah, we're, we're just a mid-table club now in the championship, people, as much as we don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah, people, We win two games on a bounce and the expectation's really high. Like we should be battling for the top. Yeah, we're not, we're not one of them teams at the moment. It's like, like with the... Uh, and the with people moaning about signing older players, people forget in our squad right now, we've only got one person over 30 before today. The majority of them are about 22, 23. Yeah, they're all still learning the game. You can't have a team full of 20-year-olds. That's not. It's never going to work. No. Um, but no, I, mean, I appreciate you joining. Thank you. And I'm sorry right. to hopefully cut it a little bit short. But yeah, I appreciate all, all the comments. Um, right. And. And I'm uh, just going to finish, if that's okay, with uh, a JRDN. Sorry, mate, I know you've been waiting for a little bit of time. But, um, but yeah, no, I really, really appreciate you, everyone who's, who's spoken so far. So go, you go for it, mate. Crack on. Can I speak about sort of the formation? and uh, Because we're kind of lacking a sort of idea of what's, what to expect going in. Because as we know, sort of Alex Neal's sort of bread and butter is at 4-3-3. But if you look at who we're kind of being linked to and the personnel they're already in, you know, we've just brought in Stevens and people can sort of – people are sitting on the fence about whether it's a positive signing or not because of his age and all those type of things. He has a good track record and like I say, he is a good professional. It'd be good to have him in the dressing room regardless. But if you look at the profile, what kind of player that Stevens is, he's a lot similar to what, what's here in the club already. We've got timing in there. They're both sort of more attack minded. Stevens obviously far more superior defensively than timing is at this point in time. But uh, it's similar to the sort of setup we had last season where we had the sort of go-to pairing would have been Hoover and Sterling quite uh, attack-minded and that would play out in that formation uh, not quite as strong defensively but they would still come back but the reason that that would then work to allow them to get forward and almost be in a four, uh, back four but act as win-backs is you always have that anchor of having Pearson in there and at the minute we're kind of not sure whether Pearson is, is getting is getting completed or not and, you know we're looking like Luton's going to be competition for this signing it could really go either way but who knows we've got that la, the la from Colchester, I won't even bother trying to pronounce his name, but he's coming in. From what I've seen off Colchester's fans, you know, a lot of potential, but another one who's much more attack-minded than he is defensively. So it looks like Alex Newman wants to put that back into the squad where a lot of the creativity is going to come from those wide areas and from the wing-backs and they can push forward. But if we don't get in someone like Pearson, I'm wondering whether we're going to have someone of the right, of the exact kind of quality that we need to act as that anchor who's going to, on transition, who's going to set back in come deep and be that sort of defensive solidity when the fullbacks are, you know, give them free reign to get forward and push forward and make chances and make runs. Because if we don't have that, automatically we leave ourselves much more exposed. And I don't know how confident I am in the players who have been linked with and who we've got at the club to be solid enough defensively that we're going to be allowed to do that. 
we need that spine, don't we? I say, you know, the Pearson mold, almost the Glenn Wheeler mold, someone who would just do all the horrible nitty gritty stuff. Hopefully not getting yourself bloody signed, uh, sent off. You know, our only bloody red card of the season and bloody had to be Pearson, didn't it? But I think I think you're right, mate. You know, you need the you need the spine of the team. We need you know, again, solid solid goalkeeper, solid at least, you know, two solid centre backs solid defensive midfielder and then let the guys who are paid to score the goals create the goals let them do their job um, build that foundation first yeah absolutely and I think part of what uh, maybe undone us last, a little bit last season is you know a lot of people talking about um, you know Alex Neal didn't necessarily have the time and the budget to get all the players that he needs for his system so we were kind of looking at a lot of square pegs and round holes here you know we've got no natural wingers in this side. He's playing three up top and we don't really have a number nine. So we're kind of looking at a whole attack that's kind of not fitting into the system. We've got Ty, uh, not Ty, sorry, um, Campbell and Brown off the wings and, you know, Gale up top or Pal subbing in up top and it's not really the sort of mould of what's kind of needed up there. I don't know what, you know, we're kind of not had a tall ton of links yet. You know, it is fairly early into the uh, transfer window but what we're looking at, what we need, you know, there's been some suggestions at time we can get forward and possibly be converted into, uh, you know, a winger, more of an attack role, because he is really, you know, he is dangerous in attack. We've seen that sort of in the last season under Michael O'Neill, probably one of our most dangerous attackers and making a lot of chances. His crosses are really good and it's sort of the same sort of strengths as uh, Tom Edwards has. We all remember him being quite, you know, quite effective up top and getting forward and putting in cross in the box. But then, of course, you know, if we're going to bring them back and stick them in a more wing-back role, who are the natural wingers that we're going to get linked to or who can come in and sort of play on the wing and, you know, make runs inside and cut inside and things like that and play off a striker because we don't have a number nine. We don't have any natural wingers. We don't have that sort of anchor in the squad. The recruitment really needs to be spot on. And so far, I think where people are starting to get a little bit impatient and why maybe this... I think if we had announced a couple of players before... Stevens to come in, he would be a lot more acceptable because it's not a bad deal at all. But the fact is that, you know, we've kind of looking at, you know, XYZ players that we're linked to and we've only kind of just got this one deal done. And there's a lot of teams that have been getting a lot more deals done than us. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be better deals, but, you know, in terms of how many specific roles and players that we need to fill in and how much time there is to that, because you can't underestimate how much it's going to, how important it's going to be to start the season off well. If we yeah. don't have all the personnel that's in there who are going to fit these roles. Because Alex Nils plays a very specific brand of football that he needs. He needs his squad. We've seen it at Preston and we've seen it more specifically at Norwich. He needs that squad to be tailored to what he wants to play. And if the recruitment's too slow and we're not bringing in the right personnel, then we're kind of going to be playing catch-up from the minute the season starts so we don't have at least maybe not all the players that we're maybe looking at or our first choices. As you know, as we've seen, we're seeing already that we're going to face some competition for some of the players that we're profiling, but if we at least get players in of the same ilk as maybe, you know, these Pearson, Sarkic and, you know, whatever else, then we can be a bit more confident that we can say that we might be able to start off on a good on a good foot and uh, play well to the way that uh, Alex Neal wants the team to play. Yeah, yeah, no, no spot on. And I mean, there's there's so many little different comments coming in. I'll throw one name at you and we'll, we'll keep it relatively brief. Uh, Kiefer Moore. Uh, has been one that's been mentioned a few times. Archie's mentioned him, Josh. Dan's mentioned him last week. Is that the type of player that you want as a focal point up front and then the likes of Campbell and Brown or maybe somebody else on, on the other side? Yeah, I think, you know, someone like Kiefer, uh, Kiefer Moore is uh, a good link there as that kind of target man, but he's 
he does have that ability, I think, to link up play quite well. I've, I've seen what I was speaking the other day with somebody about um, Dwight Gill possibly being put back in, and now that he's had a season selling, because we, you know, no surprise, I don't think anyone would disagree. Uh, Dwight Gill had a pretty poor season and it did not go as expected, but he was sort of, we did see him linking up play quite well, and he does have a sort of technical ability. He's not quite the poacher and goal runner that maybe he was previously, maybe his. Uh, strengths due to his age, maybe loss a yard or two pace has sort of had to change. But mm-hmm. Dwight Gale, I think, you know, at his core is a Premier League probably level football. He does have that technical ability, I think, to link up play. So it depends what kind of way we're going. Because another one that was um in terms of strikers and uh that names have been tossed around is that um Harris from Cardiff. That's a completely different type of player from maybe like a keeper <laughs> yeah. more and you know so it depends what you know if the striker is going to be this type of striker, this profile, is he, is he going to be a number nine? Is he going to be a second striker? You know, however the striker is going to play dictates, because if we're playing with a three up top, we either need natural wingers or we need a number nine who's going to link up play really well. I don't think Dwight Gale at this point in time is good enough, but off the bench, I think he's fine. But then we need to bring in another player who's going to link up the play and uh, drop a little deeper or, you know, can knock on headers and things like that and be a good number nine who can bring yeah. in sort of tight... Ty or uh, Jacob Brown and bring them in and make them free to roam into the box and things like that. But if that's not who we're going to bring in and we're maybe bringing in a striker that's maybe going to look to get into the box themselves, make some runs, you know, use 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 their pace, drag defenders, things like that, then we're going to need wingers who are capable of, you know, staying on the wing, can carry the ball, things like that. And I don't really see that being Brown. And I think Campbell's got it in him, but I think I would prefer to see Campbell being a bit more free to make because I think Campbell's best when he's running off the ball and getting in dangerous spaces. So it all depends on who's brought in uh, up top. I think you were right when you said that, you know, we need to get in the right type of players and these sort of, you know, fullbacks and midfield and whatever else. But I think what's really important and what we've lacked for quite some time is we don't have that consistency and that sort of lethal attack that's going to really bring us up and push us on further from being sort of in the sort of bottom half of the table sort of, position that we're in and maybe getting past that and trying to get into the top half and it's not really going to happen unless you know it starts from the back of course and we need to build from the back and have that defensive solidity but I think we're far closer to having that than we've been in some time to having a you know any strikers that are going to be consistent in scoring goals and are going to be a threat yeah yeah, no, for sure. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting um, few weeks, I think. Uh, I, I think we've just mentioned Paul Gallagher, so thanks for, for speaking, mate. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely speak to you again soon. Um, so, from a, a comments perspective, I've just seen that Liam's put out that Paul Gallagher's now officially left Preston. Now, I obviously I'm on here. I can't see the comments. If that's the case, then maybe Paul Gallagher is actually closer than we actually think. Um, so again, you guys may have seen it. I genuinely haven't because uh, of doing this. So um, quite funny if that's uh, announced. Um, so just before we kind of let things go, uh, Dan Buxton, Tom Cooper, any uh, thoughts finally from from yourselves? Yeah, all good. Yeah, I think um, it's exciting. Um, I think it's coming. We've just got hold on, and hopefully it comes soon. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Dan, no doubt, is on his way back home. So, um, look, everyone, thanks, thanks again for, for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, we may take bits of this and put it into the podcast coming up. Um, if anyone doesn't want that, then please let me know and I'll cut you out. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, no, appreciate everybody for uh, for speaking. Every time, like I say, we make a signing, we'll be doing one of these in the same evening, all being well. So uh, just make sure you follow us on all the normal routes and you, you won't miss it. Uh, but no, really appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, let's look out for some more signings. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.